Welcome to the Clary Podcast, a division of Aaron Clary, LLC, brought to you by AssholeConsulting.com, Aaron Clary, Chairman and CEO. Your host, Captain Capitalism himself, the world's only professional asshole, Aaron Clary. Greetings and salutations. It is the Clary Podcast. We are in scenic Vernal, Utah. I don't remember it being this big. I came through here... God, it must have been six, five or six years ago I came through here. And I don't remember it being the county seat. I don't remember it being a population of over 20,000. I just remember it being a crossroads, but it is a much more sizable town. And thankfully so, because Vernal is quickly becoming my favorite town. Uh, well, maybe not this trip, but it it has been a pleasant surprise. Because I think, nah, I just got my crappy hotel, and I'll I'll just stay here, be cheap, and... I can go hike Dinosaur National Monument, and I'll just, you know, and, and I'm I'm homesick. I'm I kind of miss home, miss the GF, and um, even though I've been visiting friends, uh, it's kind of like, ah, uh, it's in, the, now I'm in this new bed, or I'm now in that new bed, or I'm in this hotel. Didn't visit anyone. I didn't know anybody in Silverton, which I'll get to later. Uh, but then I pull into Vernal, and, and all of a sudden I'm like, holy, this is a size, it's got a Walmart. You know, that size has got a Walmart. And then I go past the Walmart. I'm, I've been feeling guilty. I have not been able to do a lot of workouts. I've only been doing one upper body workout per week. I get to the Anytime Fitness. That's where I got my uh, <clears throat> my membership. And sure enough, I go past the Walmart. And what's there is an Anytime, good old Anytime Fitness. Across the country, if there's a Walmart, there's an Anytime Fitness. And I'm like, all right. And I'm actually, normally, I figured it out. And I'm being deadly serious. I would rather pay taxes than lift weights. That's how much I hate lifting weights. That's how much of a necessary evil I view it. Uh, but I actually kind of miss it. I'm looking forward to it uh, because it's kind of meditative. It's just it's a bit of home. They have the exact same machinery universally across the country. Even in Forney, Texas, named after Matt Forney. You, you didn't think he was that popular. They named an entire town after Matt Forney. Forney, Texas. East side of Dallas, I believe. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I got it any time, all right. And then, sure enough, no more than a quarter mile past the any time, there's my hotel. I'm like, hey, there's my hotel. Look at this. I, I can go to any time. I can, you know, it's going to get cold at night. So I, But when I go to work out, I wear my shorts. So it's a little bit cold, but it's only a quarter mile. Heck, I could, I could walk it easily, I suppose. But I can wear my shorts and my running shoes, you know, my workout gear. I can ride it down to the any time. And then I get into the hotel, nicer than average hotel. I thought it was just going to be kind of a dumb. It's very nice. And guess what? Guess what these guys says? He says, okay, sir, here's your thing. Here's your room. Uh, breakfast in the morning is here. Workout facility is down there. And at the end of the hall is the pool and the jacuzzi. I'm like, huh? Like pool and jacuzzi. And I'm like, I go and sure enough, there's a pool and jacuzzi. I'm like, oh my gosh, there's a pool and jacuzzi. I didn't know what I was going to do. I thought, like, oh, Vernal, I'm like, you know, I'll probably just take a sleeping pill and go to bed early so I can get up early tomorrow and then go hike. Now I gotta fall. I'm gonna work out. 
I don't think I have swimming trunks, but I got to get swimming trunks anyway because uh, I'm going to leave a pair with my buddy in Vegas because he's got a place with a pool. I'm basically just going to leave all my gear at his place so that when I camp out over the winter and avoid winter while you suckers above the Mason-Dixon line deal with it, I will be enjoying it sending his pool jacuzzi. And I said, oh, I forgot to bring my swimming trunks. But not, that's taken care of too because guess what? Right next to the Anytime Fitness is a Walmart and that's open 24-7 and I'm going to go buy myself a pair of swimming trunks. Everything's coming up, Millhouse in Vernal, Utah. That's <laughs> How you guys doing? Um, it has been a hell of a week. Week and a half. I don't remember the last time I podcast. I think it was Albuquerque. And uh, the old captain, Mr. Take His Time, and this is going to be a relaxing trip. I tried. I tried, and I, I had a modicum of success. I was in no rush. But um, it has been packed full of stuff uh from yeah that was all one day holy cow that was one day from albuquerque new mexico i drove up highway 550 atham looked this up and everybody looked this up this is going to be a geography test because there's stories there's adventure there's tales of clary's adventure in this let's all grab a map of new mexico and colorado and um i left early enough so i went up to yemez springs Nice valley up there, very pretty, took some pictures. Got a picture of this nice Catholic church out in the middle of Hickland. Very nice. And then I went up a, a side road, and that turned into dirt. My buddy in Albuquerque says, oh, yeah, you got to go up here, because he rides motorcycles too. And so I went up, and I checked it out, and I'm like, oh, okay. And I had to turn around because it's dirt. And this will be, be a lesson for me down the road. You'll find out why. And then I got back on the highway, got up to Durango, visited good old Jessie Price. Some of you know her, some of you don't. If you guys are on my Facebook thing, you, you guys know her. I Actually, I think I posted a picture of her. She came off one of the few cool gals. Um, honest, honest gal. Just a hardworking gal. She works on the oil rigs. Well, gas rigs, technically, because they they're not going for oil. They're going for gas, but I guess it's the same equipment and machinery. And dude, you want to talk about Rosie the Riveter. You want to talk a real about a real gal? This is this is a real gal. So I visited her and her family. We had dinner, uh, but then I, I and it was getting a little bit late. And she lives way the hell out in the middle of nowhere. And I only happen to be coming nearby her place. So you don't, you're compelled because this oil worker, you know. Well, you guys in the Bakken oil field, for those of you who who do work in oil rigs, you know these things are far flung places, and you don't get a lot of people stopping and visiting. Even my girlfriend's um, uh, a brother. He worked in the Bakken oil field. I think I was the only one to visit him in the five years he worked. I wanted to see what the Bakken oil field looked like. I got a tour. I got to go up in the rig. I got to see all the gear. And he's like, oh, that's a $20 million piece of machinery. That's a $15 million piece of machinery. I'm like, holy, holy shit. So that was really neat. But no one goes out to these far-flung places except to go work. And you kind of figure, oh, this is why you guys have paid the big bucks. So I, I, I dropped in, hello, Said hi to the kids and all that. But then I had to get going because I had reservations, hotel reservations, at a town called Silverton. Now, I remembered Silverton. I was looking at the map. You're coming up through Durango. Atham, pay attention. Everyone grab your maps. So there's Durango. Durango, for whatever reason, had something going on. Uh, hotel prices were $200 a night. And I, the handful of times I've been through Durango, I've never seen it this packed. I mean, there was no parking. There were people all over motorcycles. They must have had something going on. And I said, well, okay, this is why hotel prices are so expensive in Durango. Something's going on. Well, thank God Silverton 
is only another 36 miles upstream from the water that's coming out of the uh, the animas, the animes, the animus, as Chris Beckloff likes to call them, the river that comes out of the, the Rocky Mountain range up there. And I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll stay in Silverton. I'll do some hiking near Silverton and Ouray. Uh, and then I'll move on to Grand Junction and visit my buddy Sergeant Greg and his lovely, lovely wife, Sophia Loren. Young Sophia Loren, not old. We're talking, eh, 30-year-old Sophia Loren, you know, Cary Grantish era. So I'm driving and driving and driving, and I notice I, I keep gaining elevation. And all of a sudden there's some hairpin turns, and then there's some switchbacks. I'm like, I could have swore Silverton was at the bottom of the mountain. And all of a sudden, I see a sign, Coal Bank Pass, X number of miles, 10,600 feet. I'm like, wait a minute. And I remember a long time ago coming in from the north. I'm driving on 550. Everybody looked this up. And there's a, there was this town. And you don't go into the town. Most of the towns, you go like through the main downtown, main drag. This one, 550, bypassed it. You saw it because you could see the lights. You could see the town. But you had to turn off on a road to go to that town. And I remember, oh, that's a nice old mining town. Sometime I want to go. I'm like, no, that's Silverton. And I remember it was like in between two passes. <laughs> I'm, and it was, it was getting cold. It was below freezing. Thank God it wasn't raining. And I'm just shivering. And sure enough, I go over Coal Bank Pass. And I think I had to go over another pass. And then I finally get to Silverton, Colorado. I'm freezing, shaking. The town was very lively. I was kind of surprised. It's this town in the middle of nowhere, up in the mountains, and there were at least 10 bars, uh, and they were packed because the Broncos game was going on. So thankfully, I was able to get some food. I was able to you know, warm up a little bit. Got to this hotel. It was kind of a, a quaint uh, boarding house, kind of old hotel. No one there that just, you know, here's your name and here's your key. There was a note, you know, for the different people who hadn't checked in yet. I'm like, oh, here's my key, and, I, and there was my, you know, my name on the door, and I just let myself in. Never met the the attendant, just in and out, very nice. And it was all men, all bachelors, as far as I could tell. Most of us motorcycle riders, and it was just just quite really nice. And in, in 1890s type of decor, nice soft plush carpets, nice chandelier, old pictures up in the room. You know, it was made to look more bread and be- breakfast. I felt like I was in the Wild West in the time I was in the Wild West. But like 1890s Wild West. And so I finally crack. I'm like, oh man, it is below freezing. So I crack open the laptop. I say, what is the elevation of Silverton, Colorado? 9,300 feet. Which is uh, 3,100 meters. For those of you communists out there who still use the metric system. I'm like, oh man. I'm like looking at the future. You know, highs of 58, lows of 31. And I'm like, oh, this is not good. So I ended up climbing a peak called Engineering Mountain. That that took it out of me. Still can't still can't do anything above twelve thousand. Why this was twelve thousand? It was almost thirteen thousand. I take that back. I think Engineering Peak was twelve thousand nine hundred sixty-eight or eighty-six. I couldn't remember which. But I climbed it. I got up there. But man, the last once it's above twelve thousand five, then I do like fifty-foot increments, and you just you just keep going and going. And you just get exhausted. There's not enough oxygen up there. Your legs just get wobbly. And uh, 
but inevitably I did I did battle my way to the top. And it was easy on the way down, but oh man, going up to the top of that thing was just just painful. And sure enough, my uh, buddy Denver Ben, he's always like, you got to get to the top of the mountain by noon, otherwise the lightning will get you. And I'm like, oh yeah, okay, whatever. So we ended up climbing this one mountain, Mount Bierstadt, the only 14,000 foot peak I ever did. And we, as we're starting to climb up there, there's lightning hitting some other mountain way off in the distance. Like, we got to get down. I'm like, oh, okay, uh, whatever, it's way over there. And then, uh, sure enough, I look off into the distance. I'm on top of this peak. It must have been about one. I'm like, those look like thunderheads moving in. And so I'm like, huh. So I'm getting down off the mountain. And the by mountain, I mean there's like this knoll, this like last thousand feet. Usually it's filled with scree and you got to scramble up. And that's the most painful part. So I get off that kind of knoll, the actual peak of the peak. Kind of back down to the base of the mountain, if that makes any sense. The spine, I guess. And I look, I'm like, boy, those clouds are getting bigger and darker and closer. And all of a sudden, I can see way off in the distance some rain. And so I start switch back in my way down, and sure as shit, it starts hailing. Doesn't even get to rain. Doesn't even do. It's like going straight to anal sex without any other kind of foreplay. That's what hail is. Like, first it's sunny, then it hails. That's a little bit aggressive and abrupt for me. You know, it's just kind of like, could you, could you do a little bit of mist? Could you? Nope, it was hail. Immediately hail. Thankfully, I had rain gear, so I put that on. I'm hiking down, hiking down. And it starts raining, and then you, you start, you, you see a flash. You're going one, one thousand. You're like, oh, that's a mile and a half away. <laughs> like, thank God I'm not on the peak anymore. And even if you do get, you know, oh, you get to your car, oh, you're safe in your car. I, I didn't have a car. I was on my motorcycle. And I'm like, shit, I don't want to get, I don't want to get hit by lightning on a motorcycle. Not that you want to get hit by lightning in a car, but I didn't want to get hit. I was just like, I'm not out of the woods yet. And so, uh, thank God my rain gear has protected me. It has protected me this trip. The last time I came out kind of in this area, um, May of last year, I just got hit with a ton of rain. It was cold. It was miserable. We totally got screwed. I drove my motorcycle from Vegas back to Minneapolis. And it was just a miserable ride. I thought it, you know, the only the only part of that ride that was nice was in Nevada. But once we got up into Utah, it was cold and rainy, and then we got drenched in like 35 degree weather. Well, I was just miserable, just miserable. And this time I was like, that's not going to happen to me. I'm going to be prepared. So I had all this good rain gear, like like heavy rubber that would not shred at 70 miles an hour, it would stay on me. I got a really good jacket. I got some really good pants, glowing, fluorescent yellow pants. They look like firefighter or, you know, road worker pants with the reflective tape around them. <clears throat> and uh, that has kept me warm and dry. My hands got a little wet. Feet got a little wet, but that's all right. Everything everything was fine. Uh, but then uh, did some hiking, climbed that mountain, went back down, went up in a Telluride. Never go to Telluride. I'm not going to tell you about it because it isn't worth telling you about. I just, just don't go to Telluride. It is the it is the most smug, arrogant, cocky, and I I didn't have to talk to anyone. You could just look and tell when the when the farmers market has a sign proudly saying we accept EBT and SNAP. You just know what a bunch of virtue signaling cocksucking assholes these people are. I went into a restaurant. I got myself a sandwich, puny sandwich, eighteen bucks. And uh, it was all these girls. No one was wearing makeup. 
whether it was staff or, or clients, no women were ma- wearing makeup because why the hell should they? That's patriarchy. Uh, but speaking of patriarchy, guess who was doing all the work in the kitchen, making all the food while the girls, not kidding you, not kidding, there were five girls manning the front. And I, I just – because it took forever for them to make my food. So I'm just kind of watching and seeing what percent of them are working. And out of the five, I would say none of them were working more than 40%. In other words, three of them, three of the five were completely useless. You could get rid of – two people could have done this job. But you know who's hustling in the back? All the uh, male Hispanics, the immigrants, legal or not, they're the ones in the back hustling their asses off, busting their asses off, doing the actual real work. The rest of the precious little swipple white girls with their masters in poetry, they're out there talking, oh my God, thinking they're different than the chatty Cathy's that they make fun of who are like the Barbie girls that drive the convertible cabriolets, still gabbing. It's like, uh, hey, sweetheart, sugar tits, toots, legs, skirt, come here. Can you uh, take my order, please? I, but I knew, I knew... Not to, this was going to be the word. This is new, Aaron. This is relaxed, Aaron. This is Zen, Aaron. This is where Cappy's in no rush, Aaron. And so I just sat there and waited. I'm not joking, 25 minutes to make a sandwich that was very small. And I said, and there was, if you go through Telluride, there's a switchbacks and it's something like Icebox Canyon, second highest waterfall in the United States. I was going to check that out. Nope. I said, nope, I'm just going to get out of here. I'm just going to get out. And then went off to Grand Junction. And then I had much more fun because the people at Grand Junction are much more real and they actually work real jobs instead of being trust fund babies who happen to got lucky buying property at a ski resort. And then, um, so me, me and Sergeant Greg, we, he got a motorcycle. He And this was cool. This, this guy, he's retired. And uh, him and his wife, again, I'll, I've mentioned it before, but I'll say it again. These guys know how to retire. Like they go out, they bike, they hike, they run, they do, they jump, they... This and that. We even went bowling yesterday. I was like, yeah, I, I kind of want to get out. We were laying low because we'd, we'd been pushing ourselves pretty hard. But, you know, after like 10 hours, you're like, yeah, what do you want? Like, let's get out. I just say, hey, you guys want to go bowling? And they're like, yeah, let's go bowling. And so they hadn't been bowling in like over a decade. And there we are. We're having a good old time, you know, back like when you were, you know, high schoolers or teenagers and, and you know, everyone sucks. I, I, no one got above 100 on the first uh, on the first game we played, we were that bad. We were just laughing our asses. It was a good old time. But <clears throat> preceding all this, we went to Gateway. Have them look this Everybody look this up. Do an image search, or you can just go to my blog, captaincapitalism.blogspot.com. Look at the uh, look at the pictures I uploaded there, of which I got to upload more after I upload the podcast. Lots of uploading. So we go to Gateway. Now Gateway is kind of the south east quadrant of canyons and rivers and streams that inevitably feed into the Colorado River and, uh, well, it's the Dolores River, where they ultimately, this big canyon feeds into the Dolores River, which feeds into the Colorado, which then empties off into Moab, creating Canyonlands National Parks and Arches National Parks and Highway 128, and Moab is the most beautiful place in the contiguous United States, in my opinion. And so these these are like the proto canyons but they're not small canyons they're massive canyons beautiful uh but you're out in the middle of nowhere you're out in, in nowheresville and uh my buddy he got himself a, a dirt bike that can be driven on the road but also go off-road whereas mine is pretty much a, a road bike but you can ride some dirt roads as long as it's you know not as long as it's compacted gravel you're all right 
and your tires are good, you know, relatively new. And I, they were all right. So we went up the side of the one of the canyon. We looked down, took pictures, and then we get to Gateway, and I say, hey, look, there's a there's two roads, like four and a half and four, that follow either the east or west side of this Dolores River. And we can't get all the way to Moab, but we can get like two or three mountain ridges away. And then he he just he literally just got this thing, I think, two or three weeks ago. And he kind of wanted to get the idea. And the whole point and purpose of having these off-road bikes is that you don't have to stick to the pavement. There's a whole other network of dirt trails that you could kind of get up over. Or you could go off-roading if you want. You know, you don't even have to have a dirt road. And so there's like, oh, how can I find a way to Moab? I guess that's kind of the thing. That came, and why would you want to go to Moab? There's a perfectly good highway, but we want to find it a different way. We want to go where no man has gone before because that's what boys do. Seriously, the dude's like, you know, retirement age, and I'm I'm the young pup myself. But we're literal kids just like, oh, let's go over here, man. Imagine if you took your BMX bikes and you added engines to them and you gave your little boys credit cards. Uh, that's basically what we did. So we're just tearing up and going all over. We go down in the gateway, beautiful town. And then we go up this these, this side road up the Dolores. Well, also, I mean, it's it's dirt, but there had been rain before. And so there was puddles and mud on different places on, on this dirt road. And so we made it, I'd say, 11 miles up this dirt road. And it gets less and less compact and flat and smooth as you go on because fewer and fewer people drive their vehicles out there with any regularity. <clears throat> and so I got to get to this corner because I wanted to see like where where did the, the you get around this corner of this cliff so you could see downstream even more I'm like oh where does it go can we make it to Moab that way oh no when in reality we should have just got rafts if we wanted to make it to Moab I guess we should have just gotten rafts that would have been easy we just float down we wouldn't even have to drive don't have to lift the finger and just have gravity do all the work for us but we were going to be we we're going to be boys and so uh, my buddy he's like. Hey, you think you can make it around to that next corner? I'm like, yeah, yeah, I could probably make it around to that next corner. So we're going, and I'm up ahead and, and moving around, and I'm, I'm handling it all right. And all of a sudden, a puddle comes up. I'm like, oh, I better avoid that puddle. So I go off to the right of the puddle, but then the bike starts slipping because I guess it was still wet next to the puddle. I slide into the puddle, bam, spill the bike. And thankfully not at terribly fast, at 10 miles an hour or something because the roads weren't that good. And thankfully in mud too, even though I was wet and everything, you know, cushioned the fall. So I'm like, ah, oh, shit. And so we get the bike back up and I'm thinking, oh, please start. Hope the, you know, carbs didn't flood or anything like that. And we try and hit the ignition and nothing. I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. We can't be stuck 10 miles because <laughs> Gateway is in the middle of nowhere. 10 miles on this dirt road is 10 miles from the middle of nowhere. I'm like, oh, no, we can't. I'm like, oh, wait, I get the kickstand down. Throw it up. Thank God for Honda engines. Fire that baby up. Like, all right, yeah, we got it. All right. So we, we go, we get to that corner, and we turn around, and we're coming back, and I repass that same puddle, but I go carefully around the other way. I make it past that. Then there's another puddle, and I'm thinking like, oh, it's just a little one. I, I can make it through this one. This is just a little. Nope. Splooch. Spilled the bike again. And by uh, the first time, I don't think I cracked a rib, but I, I damn sure I bruised it. This did not help the second time. And so I have been wincing in pain ever since Grand Junction. And uh, and after, so we, we got back and he, he decided, hey, I'm going to go home because I got to make it back. I say, well, I'm going to keep going down to Narita 
because I had been down that road before. It was paved this time, and I wasn't in that much pain. I just couldn't breathe in heavily or laugh or cough or anything really to do with intaking air a lot into the lungs. So he goes home because he's got to go prepare dinner. I said, I'll be maybe an hour behind you. I know this is only a 20-mile stretch I want to do, so I'll be 20 minutes behind you. So I go do this road, and uh, I don't know if Raul is listening, but Raul is a big motorcycle. But any of you, whether you're motorcycle riding or driving your car, you just want to take your kids and show them something really cool. Oh, there's a beautiful drive, just a beautiful drive. So just canyons like the Wild West, just like Wiley Coyote and Roadrunner. You think he's, you know, you're going to see Wiley Coyote going by on roller skates and a rocket attached to his back. And then, then about about it's not Narita. What is it? Uravan or Caravan? There's some town, and then I was like, yeah, I'm going to turn around. The cliffs aren't that. You get higher up in elevation, so the cliffs aren't that uh, dramatic anymore. And so I turn around, head back, and I was like, yeah, it's starting to get a little cloudy. And I'm like, shit, the curse of Denver, Ben. There, there's always storms in the afternoon in the mountains. And sure enough, I'm coming out of this valley, pulling up to, was it Delta? No. Yeah, Delta. Or Whitewater. No, it's Whitewater. I'm coming out of this canyon, about to get to the main drag, Highway 50, to pull right into Grand Junction. And it starts lightening up a storm on this ridge. No rain. Remember, these these mountain storms like to go straight to the anal sex. They like to they just go with the hail or lightning. I guess lightning would be would be the anal sex without lube and hail is at least they maybe lube it up and they don't do anything. So, I'm looking up ahead and I got to go up over this ridge where the lightning has hit 3 times. And there's nowhere to hide. There's no like gas station or place to pull over. <clears throat> so I know there's a gas station 3 miles that way. I had to get a gas anyway. And so I'm like kind of trying to chumma chumma it. Well, sure enough, the worst combination possible, a stupid semi-truck driver who doesn't know how to drive and parks his fat, dumb ass in the left lane, and one of these assholes who rents the 1-800 cruisers, you know, they rent the uh, the RVs. They don't, know, they don't actually own their RV or know how to drive one. They rent one. So they're even worse than the regular RV drivers, which is pretty bad to begin with. And neither one of them are going the speed limit. And I'm just, there's lightning going on around. I'm like, God almighty, just get me to the, get me to the Mavericks. Get me to the Mavericks. And sure enough, there's a break. I'm able to cut ahead of them. And it starts to just rain a little bit. There's a Conoco. Pull into the Conoco. Right as I pull into the Conoco. I'm not joking. Within two seconds, one 1,000, two 1,000. All of a sudden you hear this. And I look. You know, I, I park my bike right at the gas station, put the kickstand down. In those two seconds, I look, it's hailing, full hail. And not small little pebble-sized hail like, oh, marble-sized hail and a ton of it. I got some video of it. And I was like, holy cow, thank God I got X8. And because th- those those mountain storms, they're going to go right for the anal sex. And so I, I avoided that. I, I, I shifted. I dodged. And uh, I just waited and filled up my tank and waiting and waiting. And, uh, and then sure enough, it goes away. And then it's just rain. I'm like, fine, I got rain gear. I put on the rain gear. And then limp my ass back to the house in Grand Junction. And he had a good old smile on his face. Hey, did you get a little bit of weather? I'm like, yeah, screw you. <laughs> He's like, man, I am so happy I left. I'm like, yeah, you should be. You missed out, but... Man, you know, you know it, it's, it wasn't worth getting struck by lightning or getting hailed upon. 
And then today, I left from Grand Junction and did Dinosaur National Monument, headed up through Wrangley. Then you get to a town called Dinosaur, and um, neither of these towns are much to speak of. they got gas stations, thankfully. But I did go to Harper's Lookout or Harper's Point, which is in the Colorado part of Dinosaur National Monument. And oh my God, guys, I'll throw it up. I took video. It was so good. I'm gonna, I did, I've been taking video a little bit on this trip. I'm going to put together a collage. I don't know if I'm going to add music to it. Probably not because that take time. But it was unreal. And I, I figured out what I want to do. I want to start doing rafting because the problem with this park is you can't hike it. It's all cliffs or water. And I even looked down below. I'm like, well, if the, if the water's low, like in late to mid-fall, you know, all the snow's melted. So maybe, I, nope, these cliffs go straight down. You might be able to walk a little bit there, walk a little bit there. But then you got to swim across the river. Walk, and I'm like, forget it. And you, sure enough, you see way off in the distance some, some uh, not kayakers, rafters. I'm like, okay, this is, this, is how you, this is how you digest. This is how you enjoy this park. You, you can't scale it. You can't climb it, not without technical climbing gear. There's really no trails except that they go down from the ridge down into the valley, and it's like maybe a mile or two hike. Not, nothing serious. And uh, I said, oh, okay. But I got just this beautiful, probably one of the most beautiful scenes I've ever seen. Thank God I got some pictures. Headed back. It's only about 3 in the afternoon. No storms yet, though. Thank God. We're not near the mountains. And I remember the, the Utah side, they actually have the dinosaur display. They call it Dinosaur National Monument because there was this guy, something Dawson. 1909. Uh, found a gold mine of dinosaur fossils. <clears throat> so they take you, and I, I didn't check this out the last time. I was just literally driving through. I was just like, okay, here, I'm going to check this out some other time later when I got the time. Well, today is that day. And I said, well, I got some time. I, I, there's no rush. There's no rush. Clary's in no rush. could take my time. Take my time. I'm going to wait until hail comes out of the sky before I leave. So I take the, they say you can take the shuttle up to the dig site where they've built around it uh, kind of a museum. There's there's a, a structure around it, so it's not rained upon, and, and you can look at it. And, oh my God, guys, if you ever come to Vernal, Utah, which is way out in the middle of nowhere, I understand it's near nothing. Uh, but you, you get, especially if you got kids, you got to take these kids to see this. It is, it is, the only thing I've seen better than this is Drumheller out in uh, Alberta. But with Drumheller, it's already displayed and removed and cleaned up and presented. And one of the cool things about Drumheller, makes it really cool, is you can see them working on the fossils. So there's a better collection of fossils. This is where they left the fossils in the bed and simply exposed them since 1909. And there's no way, it's just, it's chaos. I I was trying to figure out how did so many dinosaurs die in this one spot? So usually what what there is like maybe a sinkhole, like the La Brea tar pits. Sometimes there's also, uh, what do they call it, like a cliff run, or they call them buffalo jumps in South Dakota because you'll find all these ancient buffalo bones and what the Indians would do is that instead of, you know, it takes a lot to take down a buffalo. What you could do is you could scare a herd of them to stampede a certain way and they'd kill themselves running off a cliff. So maybe this was another thing akin to that where dinosaurs are stampeding and falling into the exact same hole. They didn't know there was a cliff there. They're pretty dumb. But is, and I just got some videos, so I'll upload that for you guys later. 
But yeah, man, this has been a hell of a trip. Hell of a trip. I wouldn't advise doing 30 days. 30 days is too long. I mean, I'm sure it depends on everybody's personality. Uh, But I'm kind of in... I was half tempted to just make a mad dash to go back to Vegas and go home early. But I'm like, no, no, no. You're out here. It's going to be a pain in the ass to go to Vernal. Get your ass out to Vernal. Check it out and enjoy it. Because you're probably never going to come back here. There's really, aside from Dinosaur National Monument, there's nothing really to do. Maybe the kayaking and the, and the rafting. But there really isn't a lot of hiking you can, you can do. So I said, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go do this. Uh, but I think three weeks, that's about, that's about as long as I think someone can last in the field without saying, okay, now, now you're, you're starting to worry more about going home. Or, oh, I miss my bed. Or, uh, oh, I, I, I miss my bar or my friends or stuff like that. All three of them that I maybe hang out with once every three months over in Minneapolis. <laughs> but, yeah, it's going to be good to get home. Um, shall I do sponsors? Yeah, let's do some sponsors. And then I will do the second segment later. Where is the sponsor? Of course, the sponsor list is old. Where'd it go? Oh, here it is. Uh, Praxi, go ahead. Uh, download the Praxi app on your phone if you need to talk to the captain directly. Remember, it's $2 a minute. So please have your questions ready. Otherwise, you can always contact me at assholeconsulting.com if it's not an emergency. Uh, the real Oh, the real Mark Baxter, I don't, no one knows where he went. I talked to Dave, uh, Dr. David Paradin of the Safety Doc. You can look up his podcast. You know what? I'll just do that. Dr. Paradin, you know, real Mark Baxter is gone. I think he even took down his site. I'm like, well, what the hell, Mark? You put all that effort into it. Safety doc. So Dr. Paradin was like, oh, hey, you know, I know you mentioned the real Mark Baxter, but he's gone ghost. I said, what? Because, yeah, he's gone. Everything's taken down. I'm like, why would you do that? And I, I know I talked to Mark a little bit ago, well, a little bit, a couple weeks ago, and he says, yeah, I got to get a job and get back because he couldn't handle the 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 solitude like you need to go some people can't and i don't handle it too well um some people handle it just fine but some people i guess can't handle it at all and i totally understand where mark was going but i wouldn't have mark if you're listening put your stuff back up man there's nothing wrong with leaving an archive up there i mean you could pick it up whenever you feel like it again but uh yeah the real mark baxter is gone but you know look up the safety doc dr david paradin fellow wisconsiner and we we had a pretty good chat on his podcast. He's like, I hate Wisconsin. Why was I here? You're so right on this book and reconnaissance, man. We could be in Colorado. We, oh, and Dr. Paradon, if you're listening, man, would you you missed out on Utah and Colorado. Oh, man, if I see some great... And everyone's cycling. Everyone's cycling. Everyone is biking. You'd love it. Take a look at Grand Junction. Take a look at Gateway. Uh, Rich over at Entrepreneurs in Cars YouTube channel. Check out our Canadian buddy up north who drives fancy cars and tells you about entrepreneurship. Older gentleman, a little bit older than me, uh, and giving you young kids advice, kind of like the captain does, but he does it from a car in Canada. And he's he's ripped. That's the other thing. He's he's very ripped. My my diet has gone to pot. That's the other thing. I am so happy to find an anytime fitness because I can actually work out. Uh, but when you're, I know this may shock you. When you drive through the hinterlands of Colorado and Utah, there's not a lot of Chipotle's or healthy eating options. Like, hey, a burrito at a conical gas station. All right, we're winning. Oh, if you would kindly 
since YouTube, I can't monetize. I can monetize my videos if I want, but it's too much a pain in the ass, and they will demonetize them anyway. So if you want to help out the captain, uh, do all your online shopping through his Amazon affiliate program. Go to CaptainCapitalism.blogspot.com, click on the Amazon banner, and do all your online shopping there. You have to do that first because otherwise Amazon doesn't know that you came from me, and then I don't make no money. We got my books, Reconnaissance Man, The Black Man's Guide Out of Poverty, Bachelor Pad Economics, Worthless, Enjoy the Decline, and Curse of the High IQ, all available in paperback, Kindle, and audiobook, except The Black Man's Guide Out of Poverty because I am racist. Uh, Montrose County, which I coincidentally drove through by Bill Greenwood. I was going to take a picture and email him. I'm like, ah, I got to have his email around there somewhere. But I actually drove through Montrose County. I'm like, ah, let's tell him about Montrose County. Ed Lattimore's book, Not Caring What Other People Think, is a superpower. Run Guts, Pull Cones by Adam Piggott. Pushing Rubber Downhill by Adam Piggott. And the website, Pushing Rubber Downhill by Adam Piggott. Also, he has his podcast where he mocks and ridiculed me, hurt my feelings very much uh, about me demanding bars of soap. And uh, he, he made fun of Irish Spring, even though the man has never tried it, which I think is a bit hypocritical. If you've never used or tried Irish Spring, how do you know you wouldn't like it? But I don't know how they maybe maybe they use kangaroo fat to clean themselves down in in Australia. I don't know what the what the hygiene methods are down in Australia. I I just I'm just thinking Irish Spring. It's actually a very common soap up here. It's nothing fancy or hoity-toity. Um, but you know what? You know I think I think I'll mail him a box of Irish Spring. We'll we'll mail Adam Piggott a box of Irish Spring, and uh, we'll, then he could try it and then he could say, oh, all right, it's kind of manly. Um, so yeah, check out Adam's uh, website, pushingrubberdownhill.com. He's got two books out and a podcast, and he does some writing and blogging as well. And um, him and, and the great one himself, it's Sin Lib So, Cynical Libertarian Society. Uh, I've been listening to their podcast before I go to bed, because you can't listen to podcasts while riding a motorcycle. It just doesn't work. Um, beep, 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 beep. Kerry Lutz's Viral Podcasting, that's another book. And Rolo, Tomasi, Rolo Tomasi's latest book, Positive Masculinity. Um, and you can go ahead and buy some whiskey. I don't know if you knew this, but Rolo Tomasi also runs a whiskey company called Tap Whiskey. Go to tapwhiskey.com, spelled without the E, just W-H-I-S-K-Y.com. And you know what? Let's do all the sponsors, and I'll do another segment. These are going to be the abbreviators. Uh, Asshole Consulting, you know that. If you'd like to advertise on the podcast, you can. It's $50 a month because I think the dynamics have changed. And I already got a potential new sponsor. He he wanted to buy six months' worth. I'm like, hell yeah. Just, I want to make sure his, his um, product is good. So, yeah, it's $50 a month. What the hell? Uh, Elkin CPA. If you're looking for an accountant, contact Chad Elkins at elkincpa.com. Academic composition. Hey, you guys are – are you guys coming up? No, you're not coming up. Maybe midterms. Maybe you guys are coming up on midterms. But anyway, if you want someone to write your papers for you, go to academiccomposition.com where Alex and his crackpot team of writing staff will write your papers for you. They're also always looking to hire. He's always looking to hire uh, writers, and he's also looking to hire people to do marketing. So that's something you can do from the comforts of your own home, unless you work for Honeywell, Best Buy, or Yahoo, in which case the Nazi is going to force you to show up unnecessarily because we need to be a collaborative work environment. Oh, i got to write that down. Hang on. I've been coming up with all these great writing ideas. And 
I don't really have time to write. I only have time to post pictures. It was kind of my vacation. I hope you guys like the pictures. Collaborative. Collaborative work environment. I've been writing a lot, or more recently, I should say, more frequently I've been writing on LinkedIn because I don't know if it's, everyone is, like you can't go to Facebook, but you can go to LinkedIn while you're working. And that's kind of like the working person's Facebook. And so when I write articles that are just true, ripping apart corporate America, oh, they actually get a lot of, they get a lot of traffic. I'm getting a lot of traffic. And so whenever whenever I do like the anti-slave, anti-wage mule, you should be able to telecommute. You know, just basic common sense. You know, because corporations want a work-life balance and they want corporate social responsibility. That's why they're forcing all of you to commute and waste trillions of carbon tons of gas into that. That's what they love the environment. That's why they all want you to force to go to a commute. Um, those do very well. So anytime I get a good idea, maybe I'll just chill out in Vernal for a while. Maybe I could write a post here. Nice, nice hotel room. Just bang out some stuff here. Oh, I gotta get to the gym. I gotta get to the gym. <laughs> gotta do the po- gotta do some work. Gotta do a skeleton crew's worth of work here. Um. So anyway, yes, you can go to academiccomposition.com, the League of Extraordinary Podcasters, 405media.com, Obsidian Radio, Financial Survival Network, Conto Talk, C A N T O. BlowMeUpTom.com, Cynical Libertarian Society, Mitchburg on 1280 AM, The Patriot. And then uh, what was the other one? What am I missing here? Oh, O'Shea Jackson. O'Shea Jackson, who may actually be calling it quits because, I mean, the dude is in grad school. He's going to med school. And if YouTube is going to like, you know, Ooh, you said fart. You said ass. We can't have none of that. You're demonetized. But you can tell Whitey to go fuck himself, and then that's just fine. That's just fine because that's along our marketing strategy to get women that hate Americans and the minorities to buy our shit at Target. Ugh. Um, Jimfear138.blogspot.com if you're looking to hire somebody to do some voice work. And then my two books, The Analysis Evaluation of Stocks and Stocks, Bonds, Investing, Oh My!, if you want to go and learn about investing. And then if you don't want to go learn about investing, but you just want to do it the short, sweet, quick way, click on my Betterment affiliate program. Go to captaincapitalism.blogspot.com. Click on the Betterment logo. And it's basically indexed funds tailored with a robo-advisor. You answer some questions. And they say, invest these percentages in these indexed funds. And it's dirt cheap and it's automated and, and it's fine. Um, I think that's it. That's it for the podcast, or for the, for the sponsors. All right, I'm going to save time as I wandered out into. I'm at the Jones Trail now through the wonders of the internet and the pause button. Uh, I have transported myself from my hotel at Vernal, Utah. I'm now on uh, the Elk Creek and decided to pull a great one himself and do a little bit of podcasting from the nature trail because, honest to God, I don't think anybody's out in this valley. I saw one fisherman. Um, and if you'd like to, Atham, look this up. <clears throat> uh, the Jones Creek Hatchery, or the Jones Trail. It is to the north, more east-northeast of Vernal. The trail inevitably follows the Jones Creek into Dinosaur National Monument, which hits the Yampa-slash-Green River, rivers, 
where if I do this right, I should be able to see the peak I was at across the river when I come to the mouth. But there's a little spur of a trail here that goes up to Elk Creek Falls at half a mile. I'm like, okay. And I said, ah, uh, can I do it? Can I make it? Because then it's another 1.8 miles down to the Green River. You guys can hear this. This is already a waterfall I'm here at now. I don't know if you can hear But this can't be can't be it. This wasn't even half a mile. This wasn't even a quarter mile. You know what? This isn't it. I'm going to go climb up these rocks. Whoop. Oh, fuck. And I'm finding out ribs are an amazing thing, frankly. Ribs, um, they're part of your core, and damn it, if, if you hurt those, you can't do much of anything. And so I had guilt and shame uh, for not being able to do another serious mountain hike like I'd like. And so I'm nursing it on this little, it was going to be a seven mile round trip hike with really no elevation gain, maybe 200 feet. I'm like, ah, I can afford a mile detour. Ah, here's regular trail. All right. These are just rapids. And uh, without ribs, or with impaired ribs, bruised or cracked, I don't know what they are yet. Man, I, I cannot run. I tried lifting weights yesterday. When, remember when I was all excited on the previous segment about Anytime Fitness? Yeah, that, that went out like a fart in church. Uh, and I am pretty crippled. But I can walk a little bit at a slow pace. And so I'm doing this nice, easy trail. Got some beautiful pictures. Honest to God, I don't know why. Well, I know why the American East was settled first. That's where people landed. But I don't know why the West isn't more populated. This is just insanely beautiful. I know you guys over in New York. You people who never leave your plantation. You've never been out here. All you people in Michigan and the Midwest. They have good values. They have good schools and good values. Yeah, fuck you. <laughs> fuck you and your children and the poor man you're forcing to stay up in the frozen tundra because your parents are there. I want to live closer to my parents. Remember all the fun we had in San Diego and Denver and Seattle and it was warm in Florida. Remember those fun times in Texas? Yes, we're going to move up to Ely, Minnesota. Because got good schools. I miss my parents. Fuck your parents, by the way. Anyway. To do a little bit of an economist action. Not to mention test the voice recorder on my new phone. So I do apologize if the audio sucks. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to do the second segment. Uh, because tomorrow, <coughs> it's all day on the bike. All day on the bike. I got to go from Vernal all the way to Vegas. Looks like it's about eight hours. On a bike, you got to add, oh, I'd say an extra 10 to 15% because uh, you got to stop more. Bikes don't have the range that cars do. Most people don't have the stamina to ride long distances in uh, motorcycles as they do cars. And so you got to pull over more frequently. I go... <clears throat> until my tank's about to be empty. Uh, you, you just you just take too damn long 
otherwise. And uh, especially when sun is a factor, because you don't want to ride at night, especially out in the hinterlands, because that's when the deer like to play on the street. Um, you kind of want to make your progress and make your time. I even even not during the daytime. I almost hit a coyote, coyote and wild turkeys. Take that, great one. I know you do your little adventure or nature exploring. You ever see a coyote and wild turkeys within a mile of each other? Me and my motorcycle almost did. Look at this. Okay, things quickly got Indiana Jonesy in the jungle. All this foliage. Oh, now this is all uphill now. <clears throat> Somebody came through here. I could see their tracks. Aaron Cleary, experienced woodman. How'd you get your experience? I just hiked in the woods. I just went around. I just checked shit out. That's I don't know how do you, what do you, how do you do it. <laughs> I was never a Boy Scout. Anyway, I want to talk to you today about petroglyphs. This is also what prompted me to do the podcast from out here. In addition to saving time. Uh, because it's just dawn on me. So you go down Jones Trail, and they say, hey, there's petroglyphs, or pictographs. You say, geez, Captain, that sounds familiar. What are those? Well, if you remember your fourth grade geology or whatever, uh, the Indians of various tribes, especially in the Southwest, would chisel or paint the side of walls with just different pictures. I don't know why they call some petroglyphs, why they call some pictographs. I, I don't know the entomology on that, but in any case, they're like, there's like a dark shade of rock. And if you just chisel, you know, a millimeter underneath, it's lighter. And you could make patterns and pictures. That's what the Indians did. And so I think these things are cool as hell. Minnesota's too moist, too... Uh, swampy too wet that if there was pectographs or maybe in caves you don't see them but they're much more prominent out west and even though they're more common than you think it's kind of like fossils when you find your first one you're like oh my god oh, I'm fucking Indiana Jones man and then you go to Herbert and Ethel's fossil shop on the corner and they got fossils that blows yours out of the wall water Jones Hole Island Park, here's a sign. Island Park, 4.7 miles. Wonderful hiking out here. Oh, it's just beautiful. So, uh, there's petroglyphs. And they tell you, there's signs, this picture. Hey, look, the petroglyphs are located here. Please don't touch the human oils. Ruin them, you know. Those things are anywhere between 900 and 1300 years old. And so it's like your own private and free museum and uh so i was like oh boy petrol goes you know it's just it's like adding a cherry to a sunday you were going to have anyway oh boy cherry and sprinkles petroglyphs oh my god is this really the trail ah shit this is gonna hurt can you hear the running water have the fjord or forge fjord i'm gonna slip if i step on that rock this is where my feet always get wet. That'd be my Indian name. Wet Feet Clary. I always manage to fall in the stream, no matter how careful, no matter how perfectly balanced my ballroom dancing skills have given me. 
always manage to slip on a rock and get at least one foot in the stream. And then it's soppy wet the entire hike. I managed that one fine. Anyway, so there's petroglyphs. And I hike, and there's a sign, and there they are. I take the little detour, walk right up to them. Beautiful, beautiful. Not just in their simplicity and art form. You know, they, they weren't Michelangelo. Um, but there's like a yak or a goat. And there's a couple people with spiked hairdos and some patterns. I think it was a boat, maybe. And that unto itself was cool enough. But then you're thinking like, wow, man. In this case, it was the Fremont Indians. Uh, you know, a thousand plus years ago. Chiseling this stuff into the side of the wall. And I'm like, wow, you know, over a thousand years ago, you know, way before Columbus, even before Leif Erikson, there's, you know, Bob and Fred. Yeah, hey, what are you doing, Bob? Oh, nothing, Fred. Hey, you want to go chisel some stuff into a rock and leave like kind of a gift for the future people? Uh, of which we have no idea about because they're clear across the other side of the planet. Matter of fact, we don't even have a concept of a planet. We really just believe in the rain god and the moon god and the sun god. But do you want to just like leave this here? Kind of leave our mark? And Oh yeah, sure, let's do that, Fred. And they did. I'm very happy they did. Because then I wonder like, wow, you know, what was it like back here, you know? You know, what, what were the Indians doing? Um, you know, do they have any descendants? Like, chances are pretty good that far back. Assuming they were uh, like uh, Terrence Pop, what does he say? thrown sperm around like a like a watering hose or whatever sprinkler system so there may actually be some Indians who are descended from those guys and it's just kind of cool like wow look at you know how and it brings into the whole concept of human history now I've lamented about this before I wish the uh, Indians had a written language because then they'd have a history. All we got is kind of, you know, p stories passed on down, which get morphed, and you don't really have time dates or stamps. And uh, there's just no history. So it's, you know, basically when, what, Columbus and the Spanish come over, you start getting a little bit of history. But it's just, it's so cool. So I think these are really cool. I don't think they're really cool. They are really cool. How many of you guys... I've seen petroglyphs, huh? How many of you see them? In the end of the museum, out in the natural, out in the wild. How many of you have seen them? I've only seen pictures. So I think this is really cool. Now, this goes back several years ago. So uh, I have uh, the varmint, who was much littler back then. And I show the kid, I'm like, hey, take a look at these pictures. I'm like, what? What? What do you mean? What? These are these are at least a thousand years old. These there's a mystery surrounding them. You don't see this. This isn't going to McDonald's. This is some cool, awesome thing. It's a, what? How can you not think this is the most coolest thing ever? <laughs> and not just her, but other young kids. Hey, look at this. Uh, and it's not the oh they got their heads buried in the iPhone or their. Uh, Watching the movies or playing their video game. They just, they don't care. Also, same thing. Hey, look at this thing. You know, 100 million years old. 200 million. I don't know. I didn't look it up. But it's really old. 
This was found in the desert, and it's a water creature. It's got a shell. So that meant this was water up here. Don't you find that kind of interesting? Uh, I don't know what the hell happened to kids. Again, don't want to sound like old man Cleary. Hey, don't know what happened to these kids. But no, seriously, what the fuck happened to these kids? I remember being a kid, I'd be ecstatic to find a fossil. I'd be shitting my pants if I could see a petroglyph. I'd be just like, you know, heck, even the hiking. Just to get a different bit of terrain to see something different. These kids, you show them mountains, Mount Rushmore, waterfalls, all this natural beauty or human-made beauty, ancient human-made beauty. And they just, there's something like the, the, the engine isn't turning over. Their starter isn't working. And I understand if school has beaten the ever-living shit out of any desire or happiness they may have had. You know, any kind of curiosity or uh, interest to be piqued. I, I get it when teachers just beat the other living crap of you, of that audio. But I had never been so browbeaten, beat down, bored, that if I saw a fossil or I had the opportunity to see a petroglyph, I wouldn't have totally availed myself of it. Where the hell is this trail going? Oh. And even then, that if, if anything, it, it just made those things that much more interesting. Because you would never study anything as cool as fossils or petroglyphs. Of course, the fossils would always bring up the issue when you talk to your going to Christian school. The teachers are always, hey, how come these fossils in South Dakota, they're made of water? They're water fossils. Well, that's because of the flood, Noah's Ark's flood. Oh, Hey, by the way, about the Indians, is it kind of unfair that if Jesus was over in the Eastern Hemisphere, and they're stuck here two oceans away in the Western Hemisphere, they, kind of, they didn't know about Jesus or salvation or God. Don't you think that's... Are they all going to go to hell? Seems kind of unfair. They're quite innocent, I'd imagine. The Lord works in mysterious ways. Stop looking at rocks. <laughs> Stop studying archaeology. Matter of fact, you guys are kind of assholes. I think you guys should go to hell. Instead of these innocent Indians, a thousand years ago, chiseling into the rock over on Jones Qu uh, Creek. <laughs> but it's just kind of sad and defeating because half the, half the excitement if not more, I guess, is you want to share it with somebody. You know, going riding motorcycles with Sergeant Greg and uh, Adam. That was really cool. Going hiking with my buddy, Denver Ben, and the great one. That's awesome. Hiking and riding motorcycles are fun on their own. But they're a lot more fun when you got somebody else. And then here's this discovery. And, you know, I think I'd have a captive audience with kids. Hey, look at this. Nothing. Nothing. They couldn't care less. The three-year-old, my niece, she's interested in everything. That's the complete opposite. She, everything is new and novel to her. So, again, if she wants to go look at ducks or throw rocks at a pond, that's just the greatest and most awesomest thing ever. On par with flying an F-16. It's all new to her. So you can't use her as a judge of character. She'd just be interested in it. I don't think she'd actually appreciate it's rarity. I don't think she doesn't understand the concept of history and age and fossils and all that other stuff. But once they get a little bit older, you know, 
eight, nine, ten. Hey, look at this. You understand the concept of a million or a thousand? This was chiseled in here a thousand years ago. This thing is so old that tens of millions of years ago, it turned into stone. That's how old this thing is. And all you get is meh. Kind of sad. I don't know what would make the kids excited nowadays. What would honestly make those kids excited? All right, I think I'm off the trail. I'm probably not off the trail. You get out into these western outbacks. I should probably mark myself so I know where I'm going. Although I just have to go downstream and I'll get back to the mainstream. If you go out to these more remote, like I had to drive 40 miles from a small town to get to this trailhead. And so you don't have, you know, this as much traffic to make the trails as clearly marked. So half the time you're like, am I even on a trail? You're like, oh yeah, here's a sign. Like, okay, I'm not lost. Oh, oh all right, that's it. Uh, thank you for going hiking with Clary. I hope the audio on this is pretty good because I'm not going to record it. Re-record it again. And now I'm just going to listen to the Beckloff, Adam Piggott, the great one himself, Joe Sushi. I tell you guys, that's the, one of the greatest things to do. You ever get into hiking or adventuring, just download a ton of podcasts and go out hiking. Nothing really beats it. All right, we'll see you kids later. Oh, where's the thing? Toodles.